The Joe Beaver Show is on the air. 22. What do you mean? 22. After all the uncertainties of the past two years, there's been an expectation and a hope for a more normal 22-23. But now the question is... USC and UCLA do. They're both Big Ten schools. Yeah. But where does that leave the rest of us? Who could possibly answer that question in this strange new era of analytics? Mad transfers. How did it get hit? Well, it looks to me like you portaled it. A what? You know, portaled from wherever you were to here. What's that? It's a, a different kind of portal. Oh, it's just changed so radically, and we're all running to catch up. And realignments. They both big pencils. Yeah. All we do know is the boys are back. And the Joe Beaver Show plots its own course. Now there are a few more topics that we have to cover. And we will not talk about transfers, and we will not talk about my mother. We will talk about what I want to talk about. Fair enough. Who's next? Who's next? Joe Beaver is on 1240 Joe Radio. Good morning, everybody. And just once... Saturday Night Live does good things at times, <laughs> historically funny stuff. Dana Carvey as <clears throat> Ross Perot, Phil Hartman as <laughs> Admiral Stockdale driving Joyride Perot, Joyride. Just look that up on SNL and laugh. It's good. <laughs> Carvey as Carson. Other routines over the years, very good. One with Phil Hartman as McMahon and Dana Carvey as Carson and Ed going into the, you are correct, sir. Yes. <laughs> to everything that Johnny said. Yeah. And then at one point during it, it's the farewell to Johnny's final show that they're they're doing. They're lampooning. They're that. lampooning that, and and Ed is yes, yes, you're correct, sir. Over, <laughs> over, and over, and over. And everything Johnny says, oh, great one. You know, <laughs> at one point, Johnny says something, and Ed says, no, no, that's not right. <laughs> and Carson looks at him. Carvey looks at him. And Ed says, just one time, I wanted to know how it felt to disagree with you. <laughs> just once. That's brilliant. <clears throat> just one time, I, part of me today talking to you and TJ, yeah. just what, what would it be like to wake up in the world on a Monday? Hey, Tony Bennett, what? <laughs> how does that feel? Huh, Virginia? <laughs> Most overrated. Co- you know what I mean? That's what talk radio supposedly is supposed to be. Just once, just yeah. one time. What if we engage in a show like that? It's just not, it's, I know that that, and that's why I want to get to the Charles Barkley quote. It's not only talk show callers. We love our get. I mean, I think that it depends on sort of the form and format of the show. Or Matt Painter. How'd you, you got a piece of that too. You know what I mean? I mean, that just isn't, to me, it's not life. It's not good. It's not edifying. It's not healthy. Also, somebody please explain to me the proliferation of F-bombs on live television in the modern era. As Romy talked about earlier today, many players, hot mics after the game, dropping them in casually. I think Taylor, I think it's Taylor Sheridan's fault. <laughs> like most Yellowstone. Things. Well, it's just what is it? And in just, 1923, TJ, too. It's just the word yeah. that's used 
for everything and every character and every TV show all the time. It's unrealistic. And it, it is unrealistic. And I'm not, I am no prude. Believe me, I'm not. It's not a word I use, I've used often in my life. Rarely. I don't like it when I do. Occasionally mm-hmm. I do. Mm-hmm. But I, I give you my dad, 1973 or whatever. Remember I've told you about how mm-hmm. when Don Shula was caught on a hot mic using that word and others, my dear sweet dad. Just shaking his head. Oh, oh, son, oh, that's terrible. When Shula was giving the business to the official verbally. Oh. My dad, ah, and he even said, ah, I, oh, I used to, I used to really respect that man. Now, I, you yeah. know, just hearing the way he was yelling at an official with F-bombs and other things. <laughs> but a, I wonder now what kind of reaction is that in 1973? Here we are in 2023 and players are dropping it yeah. here and there. I don't. I'm not sure the why and the wherefore. I mean, I know we could probably go a long way. Well, here's why, and and people would have different opinions. (laughs) Yeah. But part of it, I do think, is the cultural stuff, the entertainment stuff, that all of the shows that we all watch, that's just the way shows are written and the way people talk in those shows. Mm -hmm. I know it's a locker room culture as well. So I don't, if you have any opinions or thoughts on that as we go, the NCAA tournament itself should not be reduced to, well, what do you think of the F-bombs that were said over the <laughs> weekend? No, I don't want to do that. It was, it's as always a tremendous spectacle. The Four great, upsets just incredible. On, on Thursday. Four a great upsets. event. A great event. I mean, it's, it's crazy. The 16s and 15s and, and well, I, I went home, I don't remember which day it was. And I just, I fell asleep on the couch. I think it was Thursday only to want to watch the Arizona game only to be awakened by the ping of a text from Doug. Well, looks like Arizona's out. And I, yeah, how about that? Tommy Lloyd. Oh my gosh. I was, it was like, it was weird because <laughs> TJ and I were just talking about this before the show started. Unlike the Purdue loss or any other 16 or 15 or 14 or 13 wins. I'm like, oh, well, that's interesting. But the Arizona one, yeah. maybe it's because they're in our conference. We know them. I had them winning the whole thing. But I remember <laughs> I remember th- having just a disappointment in them. Right, right. Not like, wow, what a great upset. Well, that's shocking. No, I was like, come mm. on, Arizona. Right. Come right. on. I mean, you know, I get this. Teams can rise up, mm-hmm. but you, it shouldn't happen. And it shouldn't have happened to Purdue. And Virginia. I mean, and Tommy. I mean, Virginia's offense well, yeah i know they didn't have a great keep year them ripe for that if they right. get behind they're in trouble right right and they they tend to get the the big upsets by a 13 anyway but arizona mm-hmm. has it happened more than once in these last few years where arizona's disappointed it seemed like i had this feeling of not again but i yeah. don't have the numbers in my head well, to back it up the end of the sean miller era was not particularly good yeah they had so many other things swirling around the program. Tommy Lloyd winning 33 games last year went much further than anybody expected well, them to. I don't remember what round they won out. I, I can't remember well, that off the year, top I, of my head. Well, this year, I just thought, you know, you, you're battling they were for the Pac-12 yeah, title. They and, were disappointed. And year. you're in it. You got, uh, you know, you got Tavellis. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's like you want to just say, really? Come I, on. Have better concentration than that. Especially since you picked them. It's well, that's true. That, that, too. That, that becomes your... My, wanna, dis- my disappointment yeah, wasn't because of that I understand. I want to get to Barkley's comment only because I didn't get to see, given baseball prep, the baseball games themselves, I didn't get to see a lot of March Madness this weekend. And part of 
you have to make one has to make philosophical choices, practical life choices too. Knowing that I'd be at a ballpark and essentially sitting for three and a half, four or five hours, depending on whatever went on, I did not thus want to sit all day in a hotel room or somewhere else watching television as much as the games are compelling. So I got out. I got walked in the satellite dish park at Stanford, walked through and around the Stanford campus, got some, some exercise in, exercise. I mean, I hear that it's good for you. And so I'm out doing a little bit of that by day and then getting over to the ballpark by late correctly. afternoon and early evening. What's that? You chose correct. Okay, yeah. I mean, it's the better thing, the right thing. So I thus missed some of the high drama. But what I saw kind of float through my phone th- that I gave some attention to, not completely. I asked TJ to find the bite. I love Charles Barkley. I think Barkley is highly entertaining. And has done tremendous work through the years. He's also a guy that once answered the phone <clears throat> in his room back in the days that less protection. We knew the Suns were staying at Champions in yeah. downtown Portland, so I put Scoop McKillop on it. Hey, call Champions and ask for the room at Charles Barkley or call the Marriott downtown yeah. on the waterfront. Marriott. Yeah, Marriott. <laughs> and, and call and ask them. Oh, by the way, the airport, San Jose, the guy the whole time. We were in the San Jose airport for many hours last night (laughs) before we got a late flight back and got back home after two o'clock this morning. Anyway, (laughs) the Silicon Valley is proud to be (laughs) as I'm walking back and forth through the airport. Silicon. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, the Marriott. So call the Marriott (laughs) and ask for the the room at Charles Barkley. And yeah, may I have the room with Charles Barkley? And they patch him right through. And he answered? And he answered. Yeah, man, I'm just waking up. What's going on? And, it, and McKillop says, we just hope one of you come on our local talk show today before tonight's game with the Blazers. Oh, gosh. Yeah, okay. You know, Barkley, <laughs> Barkley. So I've always and he came on and he was funny and he was good. and Yeah. As always, as a player, but he was accessible. Said yes to that without a handler. Without an agent. Things are different. Things are different now. Things are different that 20 years ago, with same kind of the same thing with Keith Jackson. Right. Getting him on, mm-hmm. getting right through to his uh, hotel room. I mean, you couldn't, you couldn't mm-hmm. do that now. No. So that was, so I've always sort of, that predisposed me to like him. And then I've always just thought he was funny as a player. I liked him a lot. And even the, I'm not a role model yeah. uh, controversy yeah. He was right. He isn't, you know, in the play. He shouldn't be. But and, he right, is. right. I get that. I mean, yeah. I understand that's He's a whole, saying your parents are. Well, yeah. yes, in theory, that's where it should be. I, I, I've just sort of always liked Charles and uh, a lot of the too. things that he's said. And Says done. it like he, it is. He's a personality. So I heard him briefly with Kenny Smith, arms folded, as he always <laughs> staring over at Charles while Charles is talking to one of those studio shows during the tournament. Yeah. And all I heard was something about, well, this is the only business where, you know, you people who know nothing have opinions and you listen to them or something <laughs> right, to that right. effect. And so that's all I heard. Then life, life took over and I didn't get to hear the beginning or the end, just something in the middle of a rant about, I think it might have been the post-Purdue criticism of Matt Painter oh. and them losing. Yeah. And how he's a terrible coach and he needs to be fired for losing this game. That type of rhetoric was 
apparently being shared in sports shows. And, and Charles wasn't just saying callers to sports talk radio, although I think that may have been his emphasis. He was talking about these TV shows. He kept like saying the, the TV shows the in the morning. Shows. Yeah. He kept saying the yeah. TV shows in the morning, which to me it sounded like a pointed shot, maybe at Stephen A. Yeah. Or Skip Bayless or somebody. I mean, I don't <laughs> know, but these TV shows he kept saying in the morning. Now, whether that comes into this, I don't know. I heard something about that, too. So TJ was kind enough to find the Barkley quote. And after you hear it, we still, we want to hear from you today on the Downward Talk phone line. Though I think the way shows are structured or such, what we do, we don't engage in a whole lot of that guy ought to be fired. We ought to, yeah. What's wrong with Beaver baseball? Pile on here now. Join us. I, 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 I think what Barkley has to say here is apropos to all of us yeah. who are sports fans, who <laughs> we really, in the end, don't fully know what's going on, and we say this and that, and 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 I do along the way this week, uh, today, and through the week. We've got Bieber baseball. If you want to react to it, we'll have open phones and text line. We kind of want to hear how you took the games in, some of your early observations. The sense I get in our world, for the most part, it's not one of those. Okay, here we go. Who needs to go? Who needs to be <laughs> benched? Who needs? Yeah. We, we don't do it that way and never will. I Just one time, Ed McMahon. No, sir. You know, just one time I said, how about that, Matt Painter? I mean, I'm not going to. That's it. It's out of my system. I wanted to do it once. It isn't who we are. Rome. and how, Was Romy doing that? No, Rome wasn't doing that so much, but it's, it's a shtick, and it's yeah. part of yeah. the way they go about things, they and others in sports talk radio. And it's an approach I've never liked and never used. So I do want to hear what Charles Barkley says, just so I can hear the bite in it, in its apparent entirety. There may be more to it. TJ found it. I think this was after Purdue's loss to Fairleigh Dickinson. Uh, yeah, but I, okay. I think that's what this yeah, is. Yeah, and I think then there, was a, there was a lot of talk about pr- what a bad coach Matt Painter is or something yeah. to that effect. Here's Barkley after that loss for Purdue. Listen. <laughs> Nobody has patience anymore. Uh, we let every fool and idiot have an opinion now on talk radio and on social media. This guy been a hell of a coach for a long time. But sometimes because of these fools on television in the morning and social media and these talk shows, when people, people, sports are the only job in the world where we let people call in who ain't never touched the ball <laughs> give you their opinion. And we listen to them. Like, we got to fire our coach. Like, yo, man, you're a plumber. What the hell you know about basketball? <laughs> sports, seriously, seriously, think about this. Sports are the only job in the world where we let any fool or idiot call in and give his opinion, and we listen to it. We wouldn't do that if we were doctors. Like, hey, let's let the public call in and talk to us about surgery. Yeah, we'll never do that. No, no, we let- well, he's not wrong. So give us a call at 497 <laughs> Now, listen to me, we Johnny. We no, Listen to me, though. What do you make of Barkley saying that? Is he? You say he's not wrong, but is he right? The difference, okay, now the plumber, nothing wrong with the you know, yeah, plumbing. No disrespect and, no, to the plumber. No, but is Barkley elevating sport? No, it's not surgery, and we're not, uh, the, the doctors, are, well, what did you think of that uh, that movie made with the <laughs> valve? In the, I mean, I, <laughs> it's a different world, and we are just talking about balls and bats and bats and balls and sports and games that w- the plumber, you, me, uh, you know, the, the realtor, everybody <laughs> is, 
It's not, it's not brain surgery, as they say. Well, we all have seen and played and know enough to say, hey, what was going on with that play? Why did the coach do this? I don't. I think Barkley goes a little too strong about all these idiots, and it's the uh, only industry. I don't know. I, okay. I kind of like what he says. Anytime that I venture into certain discussions of what should or shouldn't be mm-hmm. done, I always qualify it with, all I know is playing football in high school. That's it. Or loving sports enough to golf, play golf my whole life and be terrible at it, but understand mm-hmm. it. Right. Playing uh, baseball a little bit, understanding, you know, all the having experienced it as a kid. And I think that's what 95% of our audience it, can say to. When we talk to Dave in Lebanon and when we talk to everybody, we've all picked up a bat and a ball or a tennis racket at some point in our lives. And so we can we can at least understand the feel of it and what you're trying to do, right. what they're trying to do. And I think that weighs in. And then, of course, you start to study numbers. And then you, the more with data metrics, the more people become, quote, unquote, self-geniuses. Um, and the more you have access to websites of stats and facts and figures, then be, people become geniuses where they really don't know. And so it, the, the one thing about when a coach gets uh, – uh, gets indignant and says, you don't know enough about this sport to ask me that question. I don't like that because you could have so many former athletes mm-hmm. like a Steve priest who does know, and they are qualified, but that coach doesn't know who they are. So you got to be careful of that, but it's actually, it's hilarious the way he says it. it as always, he says a lot of things that might be controversial. The only people he's going to make mad, who cares if the players TV get show mad, is, is the Stephen A. Smiths of the world. If that's who he's talking say, about. Oh, oh, Barkley, you're calling, calling us me out. out. He, even though he didn't mention anybody now. Yes, exactly. Talk about these TV hosts in the morning. These fools. <laughs> these fools. <laughs> these fools in the morning. I love it. I think it's so, hilarious. I, is there anything? And if anything, is there anything in what Barkley says when you hear? the chatter on the television waves on sports talk, radio, et cetera. We do not share Charles's opinion about all these fools, these idiots. <laughs> we, we, we are grateful for every call, for every text. And, and that's a fact. That is true. So we do invite your participation about the tournament over the weekend, men's and women's. Mm-hmm. If Did you go to softball? How does Kelly Field look? I can't wait to get a look at that new uh, video board. We're going to bring TJ in after the first break. He did the live streams of the games. But if you do, I know we we have a a heavy baseball uh, fan base. Many Mm -hmm. came to the games. Doug Blair was there. Saw a lot of outstanding Beaver fans. Got to meet Craig and Melissa Edwards, who had won uh, a trip uh, at the Diamond Dinner, an auction item, and they were part of the whole experience. Uh, great to meet them, to talk to Melissa about her days as a basketball player at North Bend High School for Tom Yonker. That was fun to talk to her about. Who was and the couple Craig. that you met that was the, uh, the parents of a Stanford player from Australia? Yes, the Natai family. Yeah. And I had Jimmy Natai hurting the Beavers yesterday, but I'd yeah. met his folks the night before. He hit a single over, over Travis Bazana. Yeah. Yes, you were listening carefully. Yeah. Yeah. I'll reward you with a prize of some sort. <laughs> reward you for good listening. <laughs> But Jimmy Natai had a good game for Stanford. Stanford is very good. Let's start with that. Yeah. They're very good. They were picked to win the league. Number They've been to Omaha the two years in a row. Yeah. They've led the Pac-12 Conference in home runs last year. The year before that, they're leading this year. That's a dangerous lineup. David Esker 
has revivified, re-energized the proud Stanford program. It had gotten a little maybe stale. I'm not sure the the word. Mark Marquis, 41 years, mm. great coach, tremendous baseball man, but they had slipped a bit from the lofty perch that they held for many years, including under Marquis, but they had slipped a bit. It appears as though Esker has re-energized the recruiting, particularly on the offensive side. They're good hitters up and down that lineup. The Beavers are this year, I mean, they've lost five games in a row now in Pac-12 play. That hasn't happened since 2010. Ooh. So this is this is difficult. It's a tough time. They have Cal at the, the home this weekend. Time for a series win, maybe even a sweep to balance what just happened. I think it's it's quite doable. A tough midweek game tomorrow with a good Portland Pilot team that's thirteen and six and coming off a sweep of their Mountain West. Uh, pardon me, WCC opening series against Pepperdine. So if if you have any observations about kind of what you heard, what you saw, what you look at when it comes to Oregon State baseball over the weekend. It, it, I'm a, it's, it's early enough for me to not have a real good feel yet. I think there's a tremendous young talent. Young is perhaps the operative word. Some veteran players, Garrett Forrester, I thought showed signs of kind of coming back to being a kind of a, a veteran leader type guy. I think they're going to be, as the phrase goes, they're going to be okay. They're going to be all right. And even in 2010, when the Beavers lost seven, seven straight games in conference in 2010, made a regional. They still, because they had done enough, they got hotter at the end of the year. They swept okay. Oregon, and they got back into uh, into a regional. Even though when you lost seven straight, you're like, oh, boy, you're teetering on maybe not making it. No, they made it. They Was made that the it Gainesville in. Regional? The Gainesville Regional. Boy. Give this man another card for uh, reward him for good listening. <laughs> very good, John. Two good, very good pulls today. That's uh, lucky. <laughs> Bazana, my, my bracket and the KEJO thing. I'm terrible. <laughs> so you're, am I. You're I'm one me. spot ahead of you. Uh, so we're both <laughs> terrible. But and Amy's first. Yeah. Good for you. Her husband's like tied for third. Boy, they must. Good for you. And uh, may, Amy, and, if you're listening, I don't. Th- has Amy ever called us? She only texts. I don't know. Amy, I don't know. But I've we've met her. You need into her the round of sixteen. You're number one in the Kellenberger appliances uh, bucket. What's it called? M- madness? Something? No, not madness. <laughs> well, we, we, gotta, can't, we can't. I know. Say we that. can't say it. So oh, um, thank mayhem. you. Mayhem. March mayhem. Kellenberger, Kellenberger appliances. appliances March mayhem. mayhem. Amy. Call us. We want to hear you out and learn a little of your methodology. How did you do it? You're number one as uh, the round of 16 is up next. If you have any thoughts about the tournament over the weekend, big moments, big upsets, what Barkley said, what players are saying and dropping the F-bombs after games. I mean, again, it's not a sign that the sky is falling at the end is near, but I, I'm not a big fan of it only because I don't know why it's happening more. That's the part I'm... What? And I, I haven't and seen I don't know it. Are you saying that, that oh, yeah. players in Romy, the, in the Romy was talking interviews. today, and he played several beep, bleeped out F-bombs in post-game interviews with a television person standing and talking there's, to him. There's no excuse for that. Well, there, it, I, I agree. That's horrible behavior, I, I, and they need to get it right. Well, I agree with you. I hope it's addressed. They should. Their their coaches and their parents Mark should Fuel, get on Drew them. Drew Timmy was one time. of them. Drew Timmy was one Drew of them. Drew Timmy did yeah. that. No, there's no excuse it, for that. But it slips in. 
It's just so then casual. Then stop swearing so much, and it won't well, be so hey, casual. See, now that, there and I don't say that. I'm not. I swear like a drunken yeah. sailor, and I, I'm trying to calm it down. But at the same time, you know, there are times for things, and right. there are not times right. for things, no, and I, that's not. But one if of them. you if you were always talking that way, always just in your casual right. life conversations, it's almost inevitable that if you're just having a conversation now with the sideline reporter. Naturally, and that's the thing, Timmy. As Romy pointed out, Timmy's was just in the course. Hey, well, we don't. And, and, it's, it's not it's like horrible. it's even studied. Or I'm going to say this. Watch this. It's just the way well, it's, we it's talk. How much that the person has lowered their standards? In a sense, yes. So get it right. Be better. No I, more excuses I, okay. for people. Get it right. Be better. Any thoughts on any of that? On that, I'm the not saying 16, be a better basketball player. No, I got you. The don't Sweet swear. Sixteen. Anything else? Four nine seven fifty three fifty six. We're going to bring TJ in in a moment. Uh, let's get Dave in before we take a break, uh, and we hope to hear from the other Dave, and maybe even the other Dave, and Doug, and Dan, and Drew, and whoever else <laughs> wants to give us a call. Anybody? We new? respect you. We want your opinions. We value them. <laughs> At four nine seven fifty three fifty six. Just don't let Charles Barkley hear. I guess. <laughs> Dave, thanks for the call. Welcome to the Joe Beaver Show. Hey, welcome. Hey, I, I thought the Beavers, they competed fairly well against Stanford, right? I mean, they, they were some close games. Um, you know, deep, got in a deep hole in the, the game one and, and made a heck of a comeback, mm-hmm. you know, came back with a grand slam. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think we should be surprised if, if that's the Stanford they're talking about. And we kind of got a warning from D1 baseball that, you know, maybe the Beavers weren't quite there this right. year. Right. Um, and, and, I think even when when they when you brought him on, he talked about the young pitching and a couple guys that that uh, left for the majors instead mm-hmm. of sticking around. Um, so, not necessarily surprised that that's how it went, um, you know. And let's, I mean, we're comparing a, a team to you know the loss wise. You said 2010 team, first time they've done that since 2010, and and I think what that was one of Pat Casey's. Not greatest years. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, we're still talking about, you know, comparing, you know, what Mitch Cannon's doing to a legend in the sport, really. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we, maybe should we, cause should we continue to have that expectation? I think Mitch can do it, but I mean, he, he's got, I don't know if he'll ever reach that peak where Casey was, but I think he's, he's, got this team on the right track. I, I see a little bit of youth and, and I think they're going to be fine. Um, I was probably more disappointed with last week's outcome with, with Washington state than mm-hmm. you know, getting swept by Stanford on the road. Right. Um, right. but, but I think this team's going to be, um, fi- I think they're going to compete. I think they're going to be fine. I still think they're a tournament team. Um, mm-hmm. we'll see how it plays out, but, um, you know, losing, getting swept at home by a number one Stanford—that's or on the road. You know, that's not a—that's right. uh, not a terrible thing to think about. So, right, I'm, I'm still excited for this team. Thank you, Dave. Good to talk to you, sir. Well, let's take a break. On that note, that is a good friend of the show, as our our callers and texters. We hope to hear from the queen of the Kellenberger Appliance March Mayhem contest, Amy. If you're we have a line open for you. The Amy line is open at 497-5356, number one right now in the contest. Good for actually you. been a while since Dave's called in, so it's good to hear from you. Yeah, good to hear from you, Dave. Let's take a break. 
If you have anything you'd like to contribute today via the University Honda text line, the Downward Dog phone line, 497-5356. Thanks for joining us on 1240 Joe Radio. Spring means more sun, warmer weather, and golf. Become a Spring Hill Golf Club member and enjoy all the benefits of the best 18-hole championship course in the Mid-Valley. Join Spring Hill before May 15th and get the amenity of your choice, unlimited range balls or a family or single-member power cart punch card. You'll save huge sums of money in comparison to other club memberships with no assessments or fees as part of monthly dues. Don't miss out. Golf season is here. Call Spring Hill Golf Club for more info or visit albany-golf.com. Does your financial advisor take the time to really listen to you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situation change? Hi, I'm former Oregon State athlete Tim Ewis, your Corvallis Edward Jones financial advisor. When we work together, we'll focus on what's important to you. We'll use an established process to create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And we'll partner to help your strategy stay on track. Contact me today, 541 Edward Jones, member SIPC. Why is Woodstock's Pizza all kinds of pizza for all kinds of people? Because no matter who you are or where you're from, you can create the perfect pizza at Woodstock's. So you can choose from over 35 fresh toppings, four made fresh daily crust options, several cheese options, including vegan and dairy-free, and six sauce options, including vegan and dairy-free, all to go along with your choice of dine-in, takeout, or delivery to most of Corvallis. So Woodstock's Pizza is all kinds of pizza for all kinds of people. Woodstock's Pizza, Kings Boulevard in Corvallis. At family-owned and operated Lifetime Gutters, they have over 20 years of experience in providing exceptional gutter services to a wide range of commercial and residential properties in the Willamette Valley, including gutter installation, cleaning, maintenance, and moss treatment. At Lifetime Gutters, they set the standard in guaranteed quality craftsmanship and back it with a lifetime warranty. To learn more or request a quote, contact Lifetime Gutters today at 541-360-0145 or visit their website at lifetime-gutters.com. Have you been putting off that home remodeling project? Have you decided that this is the year to get it done? For nearly 35 years, people in the Mid-Valley have been going to Corvallis Floor Covering. Stop by and browse through their large showroom with a wide variety of carpet, countertops, window coverings, and wood and luxury vinyl flooring from all the popular brands. Corvallis Floor Covering at the corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown or at CorvallisFloorCovering.com. Shop local. Shop Corvallis Floor Covering. What happens when you're voted the best new car dealership and the best used car dealership in the Mid-Willamette Valley? Do you gloat about it? Or do you just simply say the complete redesigned CRV, HRV, Civic, Pilot, and Accords are now at Power Honda in Albany off of San Am Highway for you to take a test drive? I think you do both. And for more information, go to mypowerhonda.com. That's mypowerhonda.com. We continue on the Joe Beaver Show. Tumwater is up. TJ is also in the studio. We want to get TJ's thoughts here in a moment on calling the games for OSU softball and the opening of of a a beautiful new look with a video board and all that at Kelly Field and going one, one, and one. (laughs) 
strange outcome to the series at home this weekend against and, Cal. And real quick, we'll yeah. go today, but did, was it 70 degrees on Saturday? What? Uh, Where? 63. My brother told me in Tualatin it hit 70 degrees in Sunday. It was warm. It was so nice on Saturday. It was, I think it was about 63 and slightly overcast at first pitch, mm. but like a thin overcast where the sun comes through nice. and it's warm. Yeah. Oh, it was yeah. awesome. Yeah, but Melissa and Craig Edwards... From Philoma said part of the reason they wanted to go on this trip was to get some California sunshine. And, I, and as we were standing in there, I said, well, you should have stayed home because I think it's going to be warmer in Oregon this yeah. weekend. It wasn't great weather at Stanford. It was okay. And right. I saw guys, you know, with a little pool time getting a little bit of sun. But yesterday, very kind of dark and foreboding and yeah, overcast. That's what I heard you say on the radio. Let's go to Tom Water to get his thoughts on probably baseball and the early returns. Two Pac-12 series in, two losses, five straight losses. I think there's a chance this weekend. I think they have a great look to flip the sweep. They're going to need to mix in a sweep and some series wins here now. Well, now's the weekend to do it. Yeah. Cal's in last place so, along with Oregon. I think, I think this team has a lot to like. There's a lot of young, compelling sure. talent. But I'm just sort of wondering how you, as a fan, Dave will speak for himself, but maybe for some of you with some of his thoughts. If you want to weigh in, just as you watch this team in what a lot of people have talked about, a transition kind of year with all of the prospects off of last year's club moving on, if you have some early thoughts uh, about what you're seeing, what you're hearing, what you're watching, feel free. 497-5356. Let's go to Tumwater and talk to Dave on the Joe Beaver Show. Good morning, Dave. Good morning, gentlemen. I think if TJ is still there, this might yes. be the first time I've ever called in with three men in the booth down there. He's here. The best best three-man booth is <laughs> Keith Jackson, Howard Cosell, and Dandy Don Merritt. 1970. Dandy Don. Yeah, yeah great. Well, I, I want to pick up on a few thoughts from uh, the, Dave, the earlier caller. He kind of outlined a couple of themes I just want to respond to. I think I'll just start by making the observation that we now can see in retrospect what a lost opportunity not getting to Omaha last year now represents. That was tantalizingly close. Mm -hmm. When you have game three of a super regional at home, uh, you've got to bring that one in. Trips to Omaha are never to be taken for granted. Mm-hmm. And that, uh, as, as I say, that, that lost opportunity, gentlemen, seems uh, uh, to be very much crystallized. And since, um, since Dave brought up the Pat Casey standard, I mean, there was a famous conversation, not famous in my own mind, conversation mm-hmm. we had a few years back about what's a reasonable level of expectation for football. In other words, the, the question devolved to, What's a reasonable number of games that you should expect Oregon State to be able to win? And, you know, reasonable people could disagree about that, in part because there were so many plots on the graph, it was almost an entirely subjective uh, situation. But with baseball at Oregon State, we know what the standard is. It's been identified. Three trips to Omaha per decade. So last year would have been nice to have had that one Mm -hmm. in the basket. Mm -hmm. Time's marching on. There's lots of time left. Mike and John and TJ, not only this season, the rest of the decade. But the standard is getting to Omaha three times a decade. That seems to me to be fixed. 
you know, you can just consider this typical bloviation from Tumwater, <laughs> but for my reckoning, it is what it is. So um, I don't think the early returns, I don't look, doesn't look like we're going to be hosting a regional or a super regional this year. There's a lot of ground to be made up, and I'd be happy to be wrong. But I have to say, if going from the big picture to the granular, as I was listening to your call yesterday, Mike, and, um, and you, in your own way, Mike, I mean, I think you presciently forecast what I would call, and the, the great poet Dryden originated the phrase, tempting fate. Myself, again, from a fan perspective, I would not have bought, brought Ben Ferrer in at that point. That was tempting fate. It didn't turn out well. Uh, feel bad for Ben. Feel bad for the team. I thought that was questionable judgment in that particular case, particularly because, gentlemen, as you yourself pointed out, Mike, in the ensuing inning, you have the ace reliever who, because of the way those for games one and two played out, close games in a way, in doubt to the last out, but only but because the, the bees mm-hmm. were coming back from big deficits, the ace reliever never Brown never got into the game. So if there was an occasion, gentlemen, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where you're going to ask Mr. Brown to make a six or seven out save, that was it yesterday afternoon. Mm-hmm. And because he didn't get in in the eighth when the lead was blown, they have to give him some work in kind of a mop-up role in the ninth. It was a missed opportunity. Mm-hmm. So that so that's kind of the down. That's the downside half of a uh, downer half of my uh, a few points. But I want to end on an up note, simply because it's the season of Easter, uh, and that is this: um, I was so gratified to see Stanford women lose last night. <laughs> you know, here's the here's the case: Tara Vanderveer. I used to have tremendous regard for her. And she is indisputably a good coach. And Let me rephrase that. A great coach. But her act is really beginning to wear thin. The mind game she plays with the other schools and coaches in the conference has really worn itself out. I'm glad they lost. And I thought their big center, Cameron, she's a flopper. I'm glad they didn't get that victory last night. And then lastly, because it does go to show... Sometimes you just got to root for the nice guys in the world. And one of the nicest guys in the world is Mark Few, the coach of Gonzaga. He's gotten into the the Sweet 16 again. He's stuck with that program through thick and thin, a uh, uh, a lot of tournament heartbreak, but he's still there putting in the effort. We could, we could hope some year they bring it home. But that's kind of the range of my thinking today, gentlemen, uh, the good, the bad, and maybe the ugly as well. So thank you for thank the you. opportunity to chime in. Thank you, Dave. We'll Thanks, talk Dave. again as the week goes along. We'll take a break here in a moment. I want to get TJ's thoughts before we do. Here's the – I understand the the disaffection perhaps towards Tara Vanderveer. The great winners and champions and so on have that type of effect yeah. on people, and maybe there are mind games that she plays and so on. But that's part of why she's risen to be the great coach that she is, just all of the – you know, Bill Walton said the last time I talked to him at Gill Coliseum, and, and I was glad that he owned this because I don't even remember. I, he, oh, he, I was asking him to amplify a little bit on what he said about Wilt. He said something to me about, he said, if Wilt 
He said if Wilt had played with any of the anger and kind of the hate and the anger that Bill Russell had, if Wilt would have played with even a touch of that, they would have had to shut the NBA down. There would have been no reason <laughs> he would have to done. have games because he would just destroy everybody. Yeah. But he didn't quite have that. Now, that's Bill engaging in a bit of a hyperbole, which he does every once in a while. But he did say <laughs> that about Wilt. And then he started, he, trash talking came up and said the two greatest trash talkers ever, Larry Bird and John Wooden, <laughs> <laughs> which is not what you expect to hear. I thought he was going to say Gary Payton. No, he said, he said Larry mm. and John Wooden. And then I brought up to Bill something about, well, Halbert, David Halberstam, your guy in the book you won't refuse to read because it's too sad for you, The Breaks of the Game, chronicling the end of the relationship with Bill and the Blazers and his injuries and Dr. Cook and right. the lawsuit, all of those things. It's all in the book. But Halberstam has several pages on John Wooden and, and Bill playing for John at UCLA, and Halberstam makes the observation that there were many of uh, John's fellow coaches in the Pac-8 and elsewhere who felt that John's decorum on the sideline, trash-talking behind the rolled-up program, mm -hmm. fell a little bit short of the principles of his pyramid of success. <laughs> so we've, we've talked about that. Did you ask Bill about I that? I ran that by Bill. I said, that's what your guy, he loves Albersnam. Yeah. And Bill kind of looked and smiled and said, David's right. He said, John was a great man, and he didn't have many contradictions in his life, but... That was one of them. Yeah. And so Bill recognized it. Okay, the saintly John Wooden <laughs> was the second best trash talker he was ever around. And Paul Valenti used to tell us about. He just, yep. and Cuss, yep. too. Yep. You know, not a live sideline TV uh, post-game interviews. I don't think he ever did that. <laughs> but during games, he could get after it and use a little profanity. And I don't, I don't think that that's lying. I think it's just <laughs> being <laughs> class when it's called he, for. So last night, you know, Tara, take, you know, whatever your thoughts are about Stanford losing, getting to know Jocelyn Tinkle and the Tinkle family. I mean, I, I'm more predisposed. Tara's been on this show. Jocelyn speaks highly of her. So does Wayne of Tara. And Tara always comes to Beaver practices when the men are there to talk to Wayne. And yeah. great relationship with the Tinkle family. So I'm more predisposed to respect her. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, oh, I, yeah. I, and I think Dave is saying, too, she's clearly a great coach, but yeah. she may rankle people. I get that. I, I do, too. But but absolutely one of the all-time greatest. Last night in the airport, at San Jose Airport, strolling back and forth through the airport, <laughs> trying to get, you know, didn't have time yesterday with the early game, had plenty of time at the airport and the mall to walk around. I didn't even know there was a San Jose airport. There is. I thought it's it was either nice SFO one. or Oakland. No, it's nice. That San Jose airport's an underrated airport in the history of ports. But there was a, I sat down to do some reading and some work, and there was a person not far from me going, oh, come on! No, that's not a foul! You know? I <laughs> <laughs> thought, okay, this is a person after my own heart. Yeah. You know, I didn't know what game she was watching, so after a few more, oh, no! I just, uh, hey, uh, what are you watching over there? <laughs> that yeah. would have been your time okay. to watch games. Well, I know. I know. Killing time uh, at the airport. Yeah, I know. But I still, I needed to get some walking and exercising, which I did at the airport before the <laughs> flight. She said, oh, I'm watching Stanford and Ole Miss. They're, and, and I said, who are you rooting for? And he, well, Stanford. 
and they're down eight right now da, 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 you know, in the late in the third quarter. From that point on, I sat there, and she kept feeding me reports. She is Cameron Brink's mother's best friend uh, in life. Uh, and Probably going home because Cameron yes, Brink is from Beaverton. exactly, and she was, and her flight was delayed, so she's watching the game, and 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 come on, Cam, come on, Cam. So, again, in most moments, I'm not going to sit there and say, well, you know, nobody's pulling for Stanford because of that jerk head coach you've <laughs> no. got. You know what I mean? In those moments when, and the same with the Natai family, meeting Joe and Natalie Natai the night before mm-hmm. over dinner that mm-hmm. Gary and Jenny Bazzano were kind enough to invite me to, that uh, an Australian friend of theirs who's a, a personal chef in the Cayman Islands came up for this weekend series and it was a delicious meal. It was a real blessing to get to be there. It was mm-hmm. fun. And meeting the Natai's, really sweet people. They have another son who wants to come to Oregon State someday. And I bring him on, bring him on, let's yep, go. That's right. Go, man, go. And I think it could happen down the road. But the Natai's were very uh, enjoyable to talk to. So that makes you, I, I didn't want Jimmy to hurt us, and he hurt us. But I, I, you get to know somebody and you pull for, I mean, you're happy for them yeah, and yes, their people yes. and their family. So here's this woman agonizing over every play. And then in the end, just walk somberly onto the flight when Stanford ended up losing. So that was my experience of the Stanford game last night. Before we break, TJ, softball, the scoreboard, how does it look? So when you get to the field, it does look a little disproportionately big. But that's not a bad thing. That's really not. It is enormous. Twenty. Uh, it is 21 feet high, 38 feet wide. It, you see it out there in right field. And it... It takes up a good chunk of the of right center field. It is it's a big target to hit, and one uh, one Cal player did hit it this weekend. Opposite is there, way is there netting in front of it to keep it from hitting? The- uh, I don't think so. I think it's uh, I think it's great, great in front of the screen. Yeah, like like a lot of scoreboards. So it makes a nice banging sound if you hit it really hard. Nice off of that. It's beautiful. I'll, the investments into that facility have been really good to see. They honored Jack and Kelly Burka the lead donors for much of the many of the softball projects, the namesakes of Kelly Field on Saturday. And I walk in there on Friday. I didn't I knew they'd help they were they led the scoreboard funding, but I did not realize some of the other investments they made into the program. I walk in there on Friday and I thought I had my dates wrong or the wrong weekend. I show up there and it looks like Pac twelve network is setting up. It look it looks a hundred percent like I walked into an accidental Pac-12 network setup. I'm looking around. I'm trying to find the truck. I don't see the truck. I'm like, am I here on the right yeah, day? Right, I walk right. in. There's new cameras, television cameras, like the same ones at baseball uh, for for softball now. They have multiple cameras. There's directors. There's replays. It sounds wow. really good. The quality is fantastic. Good. Good. So I'm very happy for the program. It and makes this- for a much better product to watch from afar good for you and did you feel good about how the streaming yes. went then? it it allows you to actually call the game like tv because that mm-hmm. it looks crisp and clear like tv so did it, you do more of a tv call yeah, then, than a radio yeah. call yes okay. i did i got a little practice doing that at school so it was nice to to sort of get back into that a little good. bit so it was it was Very really good. nice yeah thank you tj let's take a break we'll come back to paul open phones open text line 497-5356-1240 joe radio University hero and fifth street growler. Fresh subs, craft brews, and the beeves. Where in Corvallis can you watch the beavers on TV? Enjoy your favorite sub sandwich while drinking a cold craft beer or sipping on a glass of wine. 
University Hero and 5th Street Growlers, that's where it's a great combination. Stop by on 5th Street, downtown Corvallis. University Hero and 5th Street Growlers. Fresh subs, craft brews, and the beefs. They're in position to try to go for it here, and they will, and it's an option, and Nix is tackled short of the first down! Hi, this is Ryan Cooper Jr., defensive back for Oregon State Beavers. We earned the leader of the pack by playing fast and playing together. You could be a leader by committing to Damn Nation to help all Oregon State athletes prepare for their future. Go to damnnationcollective.com to give today. Be a leader of the pack together. Go Beavs. And Oregon goes for it inside the 30. And it's Oregon State football at the Oregon 28. Now's the time to get a great deal on a Kubota BX23S compact tractor on display now at Lynn Benton Tractor in Tangent. The BX23S compact tractor is rated number one in durability and owner experience and with performance matched attachments. It's easy to operate too. You could get a Kubota BX23S compact tractor for as low as $0 down and 0% APR for up to 60 months now through June 30th. See Lynn Benton Tractor or go to KubotaUSA.com for a full disclaimer. Leading off this inning for your tax and wealth management team is David Mendenhall. Batting second, Bill Heck. And batting third, Robert Berry. It's always important to have a talented lineup. The same is true if you need some advice on personal or business tax planning or just some help with financial strategy. With over 40 years in business, tax and wealth management has the experience you need to hit that home run. Call or stop by Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, your hometown tax team, and start your journey on the road to success. Hi, everybody. This is Mike Parker. We recently had the need to replace some major appliances, and I'm delighted to report that we called Brandon and his team at Kellenberger Appliance in Lebanon. We couldn't be happier with our experience. They answered all of our questions, put us in the best deal, and promptly delivered and installed a new washer and dryer. When you are in need of an appliance, I strongly encourage you to call Kellenberger Appliance. Visit Kellenbergers.com or stop by Kellenberger Appliance at 21 North Main Street in Lebanon. A big thank you from the Parkers to Kellenberger Appliance. We continue on the Joe Beaver Show. Mike Parker with John Warren. Thanks for joining us. Four nine. Yeah. She responded on text. Oh, okay. She said, "Yep, that's me. I'm number one." Good well, for you, Amy. But we, hear you me. need to share with us how you did it. <laughs> that's what we all covet. Yeah. How? But if her husband is like third, yeah, they, they might. Now, let me, Amy. You don't need to share information per se, but. Did you give it more time than maybe a few of us did? Oh, I yeah, fairly there. Purdue, yeah, yeah, Gonzaga. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're just going through these things really quickly without a great deal of study. <laughs> I'm curious to know, Amy, if you don't mind, did you give the bracket a pretty serious study? Do some things online, check with sites. You don't have to give up what you know what you exactly found out there. My guess but was is, it more than just guesses. My guess is most people. Sports people are not. Most people tend to not put a lot into it. Well, I wonder. Yeah, but I, and that's what I guess I'm wondering. Is Amy in first place because she did? Or is it just kind of the luck of the draw? She didn't necessarily. Well, or she did hasn't she, won anything. Did, did she st- I know, but she's, Amy. She, she's around to 16 <laughs> in first place. That's pretty good coming out of this week weekend. I don't think I can tra- trash talk because I don't think I have enough in the tank to overtake anybody. Roll up that piece of paper, put your mouth behind the program, and that'll that'll create the trash talk effect. Let's go to Paul on the Joe Beaver Show. Good morning, Paul. 
Yeah, I don't. Man, she's pretty good. She got 38 out of 40. So, yeah, man, she's really, got a good shot incredible. of going all the way because she's got, she's got so many uh, uh, teams in yeah. brackets that are playing each other that she still has, and a lot of us don't have that. And uh, no, I didn't do any research. I just go down there and pick a team, which one I think yep. is going to win. Same here. Same here. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, and let's get to the softball scoreboards. Uh, the one girl that did hit the scoreboard, the ball landed in the catwalk in front of the scoreboard. It didn't actually hit the scoreboard. Hmm. It just hit the, it hit the walkway in front. But uh, they need to find somebody who can operate it because it's a new scoreboard, and they couldn't get it. To, they couldn't get the, the the first game was perfect. They had all the the picture of the player and their statistics and the the, the player lineup on one side and showing which player was at bat. But then the second game, the whole thing was off. They, I don't know, they couldn't figure it out. There was a glitch or something. And and when they do these, the other thing is when they do these, guess who the player is, you know, and they put her in silhouette, and then they put these these clues. There's five clues, and then they put four different players. It's written so small that only a third grader can read it from where we are in the stands. <laughs> they need to make the printing bigger so we know what the, the, it says up there. Well, that'll be that's like good input. sessions with Sarah. Yeah, that's good input, Paul. Yeah, uh, yeah I got you. That's something to, uh, yeah. to consider. <laughs> well, it's it's crazy because uh, you'd have to get a pair of binoculars to see what the, the hmm. quotations are. Yeah, I've okay. had that happen with the baseball one. Gotcha. Can't, can't read some of the small okay. print. Okay, maybe. I don't know if there's a if you if there's room to enlarge the print, then then do it. I mean, I think I hope oh, yeah. that I hope that's an easy there's fix. Plenty of room. Okay. There's plenty of room. The Good. scoreboard is huge, right? And it, there's there's not any problem with the room on it. Okay, that's a good that's a good uh, suggestion, Paul. Thank you. Anything else before we turn you loose? Nah, that's 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 pretty stupid. Them stopping a game. Well, yeah, I'll tell you one more thing. Okay. I have never seen softball games go over three hours. Your game down in Stanford ended before the softball game ended. Mm-hmm. That's a rare thing. Yeah, it's crazy. Let's what? get yeah, we'll get TJ in here and wrap it up, Paul. What about that, TJ? I made a joke huh. when the game was in the eighth inning. I checked your score, Mike, and yeah. I was looking. I was like, you know what? This game goes another inning. We should let's start a race. Who's going to end first? <laughs> we started at the same time, didn't we? No, one softball started an hour earlier. An hour earlier, o'clock. and our game ended before yours did. I think I, I think the there, softball game might have ended. First, okay, especially because it, it got the time thing came in. Did you have inside of three hour games? Two fifty five, three oh three oh three, two fifty five, and yesterday was two twenty one. I'm telling you, they are getting shorter. Now, we'll talk mm-hmm. a little more about that next hour. Yeah. Kip Carlson sent me an interesting article from the Athletic about Major League Baseball broadcasters having to make adjustments because the games are going faster, which is what they had hoped. But when you've got a play-by-play guy, Mm -hmm. an analyst, sometimes two, how do you get everybody in? They're not having enough time to tell their Christy Mathewson, TJ Mathewson stories anymore. (laughs) Not enough time even to say Christy Mathewson. We've got got an hour coming up. We'll have open phones. We have some guests coming up tomorrow. We're guest-free, essentially, today, unless, unless... Dan Belwamini, who I saw on television last night in San Jose, is able to join us. We'll see. Thanks for joining us. Here's the microphone. Is this thing on? This is KEJO Corvallis. Everybody hear me? We're on in five. And QID. 1240 Joe Radio. 
This is a Bloomberg Money Minute. More massive cuts at Amazon. Just months after announcing 18,000 staffers will lose their jobs, the e-commerce giant now letting another 9,000 workers go. In units like human resources, advertising, Amazon Web Services, and at Twitch, the live streaming service. Some good news about some very troubled banks. Regulators in Switzerland brokered a deal for rival UBS to acquire the floundering lender Credit Suisse. Closer to home, a division of New York Community Bank will buy most of the assets of failed New York City lender Signature Bank. That's got Wall Street seeing some pretty sizable gains today. The Dow is up more than 200 points, almost 1% higher. The Nasdaq up just a small fraction. The S&P up half a percent. Not everything's higher, though. Shares of San Francisco-based First Republic Bank, which received its second analyst downgrade in just a week, well, they're now down almost 40%. And on this first day of spring, you can get a free ice cream cone at all. Dairy Queen locations nationwide. Tom Busby, Bloomberg Radio. Ensure your vehicle is ready for any road conditions at Beggs Tire and Wheel in Albany. The Beggs Philomath store has closed, but the Albany Beggs Tire and Wheel location is open to serve all of their valued Philomath area customers and the rest of the Mid-Valley. Beggs in Albany looks forward to serving you and keeping you safe on the road. Get your tires, wheels, tire services, and repairs at Beggs Tire and Wheel, the Valley's premier source for Cooper, Falcon, BF Goodrich, and Toyo brand tires on Pacific Boulevard in Albany and online at BeggsTire.com. Complete your 2023 home project with Mike's Corvallis Bargain Center, now with new cedar decking in stock, as well as blue pine TG, shiplap pine, and S4S dimensional pine. Mike's Corvallis Bargain Center also has interior and exterior plywood, as well as domestic, exotic, and live-edge hardwood currently in stock. Complete your next interior or exterior project with help from Mike's Corvallis Bargain Center, conveniently located off of Highway 34 on Texas Street between Albany and Corvallis. Come taste the incredible flavors of India at Evergreen Indian Restaurant. Enjoy mouth-watering made-to-order Indian cuisine using traditional recipes and fresh spices, featuring a variety of entrees and tandoori specials. Evergreen Indian Restaurant is open for dine-in and takeout 11.30 to 2.30 p.m. and from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. daily, except on Tuesdays. Evergreen Indian Restaurant on Southwest 3rd in downtown Corvallis and on West 7th in Eugene. See the menu and order online at evergreenindianrestaurant.com. Have you been putting off that home remodeling project? Have you decided that this is the year to get it done? For nearly 35 years, people in the Mid-Valley have been going to Corvallis Floor Covering. Stop by and browse through their large showroom with a wide variety of carpet, countertops, window coverings, and wood and luxury vinyl flooring from all the popular brands. Corvallis Floor Covering at the corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown or at CorvallisFloorCovering.com. Shop local. Shop Corvallis Floor Covering. I'm Dennis Silvers, the golf guru, here with another golf minute to help you warm up for your round of golf. If you're like me, sometimes you want to stay in bed as long as you can before having to get up for that early morning tea time. And then you find yourself rushing to get to the course, leaving no time for a good warm up. Hope I remembered my Advil. Stretching before your round increases the flexibility and mobility of your muscles. This helps you with a bigger body turn and helps you hit longer drives. If you're pressed for time, try these three 20-second exercises. First, tilt your head to the right side and hold. Repeat for the left side. Then put your hands on your hips and bend to each side and hold. Finally, standing erect, bend slowly at the waist and touch your toes and rise up slowly. Rise up slowly, I'm lucky to get back up at all. So remember, do this one-minute warm-up so you don't let a late arrival leave your muscles unprepared. 
For the Golf Minute, I'm Dennis Silvers. Gain presents a tale of longing and long-lasting scent. Dear love of my life, we were on the 12B bus when I caught a whiff. A scent so fresh, so life-changing, I had to find its source. I didn't know if you were the woman in the pink freshly washed cardigan or the retired mailman next to me, but I knew one of you was my soulmate. Ah, the scent of Gain Flings. Add Gain Scent Beads for an even longer-lasting scent. What's for dinner? Burgers? After last week? No thanks. Avoiding foods due to fear of diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, or loose oily stools? It may not be just stomach issues. It could be EPI, or exocrine pancreatic insufficiency. EPI can cause uncomfortable symptoms because it's a condition where the pancreas doesn't release enough digestive enzymes to break down food. But EPI can be managed. Use the symptom checker on identifyepi.com and talk to your doctor about your symptoms. That's identifyepi.com. Sponsored by Abby. 1240 Joe Radio welcomes you to the Joe Beaver Show. The only show on the electric radio dealing with life's greatest questions. How are the beavers doing this season? But with sympathy for life's hierarchy of needs. Will you go to lunch? Go to lunch. Will you go to lunch? Yes, please go to lunch. Take a long lunch and join us as we ponder life's big questions. How are the beavers doing this season? Groucho is in. This is the last hat of its kind. The beavers have stopped making them. They're all out playing football. Feels. He's in. What's out of Beaver's town? And you, you're welcome in to the Joe Beaver Show, where we're not concerned with life's trifling questions. What do you know about life after death? But with visions of packed ten glory. You know how it's gonna be. And the inside scoop. Give it to me straight, Doc. So join the party. Let's make Joe famous. Sure, I'm willing. And now, here are your hosts, John. That's the word in the street, Johnny. Warren and Mike. Dabbled in Kierkegaard. Parker, on the home of the Beavers, 1240 Joe Radio. I think it's that far back. Well, come on, you palookas, stop stalling. Well, when we have a break, we can do every, Interesting. every one of them. We hadn't played that one for a long time. Uh-uh. Anyway, good afternoon, everybody, and welcome in. But I'm telling you, there was an old open, John, an old open, where in the end, Groucho's right. When he says, come on, you palookas, stop stalling, because it was a long open, and it ain't there. Well, and I don't think, and I know I it's not 10, I know it's not 11, it may be 11, it could be 11. I don't think it, what is it? It the could be 11. Give 11? me 2011, tell me how long it is, the time of 2011's open. One thirty. Yeah. I don't think it's 12. You don't think it's 11? No, it's not 11. Well, I'm I'll nervous. i the first three seconds. Here we go. No, time yeah. To to the match. There's no, that no, one. I know, I know, but that's not it. Anyway. We'll get it all figured out and sorted out someday. It's important stuff. <laughs> Open phones this hour on the Downward Dog phone line, the University Honda text line. 541-497-5356. We do have some texts we could get Let's to. get to them, Johnny. While I look up the article that Kip Carlson was kind enough to send. Yeah, I wanted to see that, but I, our printer's not working. Um, I love this. Kyle in Southwest Florida. We've got Texas. We've got Florida. We hear from people. Of course, a couple of gentlemen in Sandy. Easy, John. Easy. <laughs> Over what? If you get worked up, TJ may have to hit the dump button on you. <laughs> I agree. These guys need to clean it up in the post-game interviews. Kyle in Southwest Florida. Yeah. That's part of the question. He just says that's a nice, crisp, clean answer. I agree. They need to clean it up. Yeah. 
does it bother any of you? Is there anyone that would be counter to that? Ah, it's just language, just words, a young kid, not that big of a deal. Is it somewhat of a big deal? I mean, we, well, I, I, I'm I just curious read. to know what you, what our, our listeners here in the mid Valley and, and wherever Florida, Texas online, is it something that the coaches should say before in the sweet 16, listen, guys, we're going to win this game tonight. But when you go on TV after the game, zip it up when it comes to the cussing, should they say that? Yes. Okay. You're in charge of everything as a coach. And how many times, yes, uh, we're always going to be stuck in the dichotomy of 18 to 22-year-olds can go to war or 18 to 22-year-olds are kids. It's always going to be one or the other, and we're back and forth on our expectations of that, always. So as you were saying, because we asked TJ, and TJ kind of hesitated, like, well, maybe it's okay, but he said it's not, but he hesitated. And said, well, when you, and then all the excuses come out. Yeah, when you throw a out. microphone in after a but hot emotional game. Then, but then you say, I and I agree say, with you. It's been going, it's been going on, forever, on for years, and, and they haven't only, done this. Yes. So Curtis writes in. Is it Curtis? Hold on. I okay. want to make sure it's the right person. CVB, sorry. Curtis had a funny one I want to get to. CVB, who's a regular texter, says, if you're looking for an immediate post-competition emotional response soundbite, that will be the most likely time an F-bomb slips in. I agree half and half. That would be the most likely time, but in the history of, of all of this, for decades and decades of television, it hasn't happened. Right. So right. it's not an excuse. No excuses. Yes, that would be the time, but no excuses. None. I hate it when something never happened, it starts to happen, and this is in everything, politics, the world, uh, education, whatever. And then, and then all of a sudden excuses are made. It's like, Oh really? Well, it's like you say, whenever you talk to someone, they say, well, I wasn't around in, in yeah. 1930. Well, that's, that's no excuse. My time. The, the phrase has some meaning. We all get what the me that was before my right. time, meaning before I was watching games, and listening soaking, to games it soaking it in. Yeah. That's kind of before your time. But the, that was before my time excuse as why you don't know anything about what happened doesn't quite wash when there is the subject known as. But you're, you're not you're not wrong, yeah. CVB. It's a, it is the time, <laughs> like the uh, uh, what was the example TJ gave of uh, in the football post game Richard uh, Richard Sherman Richard Sherman <laughs> <laughs> just going going off after that one Seattle game playoff game that it, was amazing. It does feel as though there's a little bit more almost intent now. In some cases, the Drew Timmy case, what's almost. What's almost, in a sense, disconcerting or even more alarming about it is it just—it's clearly not. Hey, watch this! I'm going to go. Oh, I'm going to right, oh. right. With, with almost premeditated, uh, you know, an, an intent to like Sherman cutting loose and yeah. going, man, go. Yeah, yeah. It feels like there's a little bit more of that where athletes and coaches sometimes after games, they don't care. They're just going to hold forth. It doesn't matter. They're upset. They've got something they want to get off their chest. They're going to say it, and it almost feels studied or intended. Whereas Drew Timmy is just talking. He wasn't in a worked-up emotional state right. that I could sense. It just part of the vocabulary again, and that's okay too. It doesn't mean you know we've all been around people and lives and athletes and all that all our lives. And it's not just athletes, and it's not just young eighteen to twenty-two year olds. People talk in this manner. Okay. Do you feel like, therefore, it's not that big of a deal? Or did you notice any of that? And think, oh, my dad in 1973. Oh, gosh. Over Don <laughs> Shula. 
was my dad right to react that way? A man who rarely ever used profanity himself, but even if he did, I think he would look and heard Shula and just say, that's just, oh, uh. my dad was no prude either. A great man, no prude at all. It, of course he so was right what to I'm react just that wondering, way. You know, is that my dad's reaction in 1973, how you would react in 2023, or are we just inured to it all? Nah, you know, no big deal. <laughs> so that's what I'm asking. That's part of the question. Should yeah. coaches in the Sweet 16 get to their players or not? Because the problem with, quote, getting to the players is you lose the spontaneity, you lose the personality. If, <laughs> yes, we played a very good game and we we're really proud to be moving on to the elite age. Now you're you offering know, up mean, a spectrum that's ridiculously yeah. wide. You're, you're offering up if you if you get on them and say, clean it up, quit right. swearing, you're representing our program, right. then you're, being, you're trying to make robots out of them? No. I know. Be who you are. Just cut out the cuss words, <laughs> for crying out loud. And anybody who does, you're... You're yeah. running laps, but you can't make them run laps anymore. Yeah, it's a great point, too. I was sharing There's no with, punitive running we, anymore. Uh, Craig and Melissa Edwards, we were having the discussion about the lack of punitive running these days. And Melissa said, well, I wish that system would have been in place when I was in high school. <laughs> Same here. <laughs> Not that long ago, actually, even, uh, Melissa, yeah, as I right, well right. know. But anyway, we've got open phones. Here's a couple more. Okay. These are pretty fun. Uh, okay. Andy writes in, Andy and Mitchell's very, very good. He, he writes in, he says, one, it's March Two, very inexperienced raw. This is about baseball, very inexperienced, uh, roster outside of Forrester, Dernetti and Bazana should get True. better with time and with more innings under their belt. Boy, that's a great point, Andy. Three, I do worry a little bit about the approach and demeanor. That's something the team is in control of. Feels like opponents know they can chirp a little and get our players to engage to take our heads out of it. Lots of looks and bickering with the umpire at the plate this weekend as well. Did you see that? Yeah, and I, I talked about some of the mutterings and the looks and the complaints. I, I A lot may be a strong way to look at it, but there were hitters who would get rung up or take pitches that would turn and look, and that's a form of engagement. Yeah. Turn and look and disagree. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Uh, well, and I mean, then he says four. I was going to call in, but didn't want to, you guys to have to use the dump button when I swear on the air like my modern sports heroes, Andy and Mitchell. And then while funny. we were talking, he wrote in, wow, Southwest Florida Kyle beat me to the punch regarding the dump button. Uh, one man's opinion, but I would love to hear more. <laughs> I would love to hear more hard cussing on the Joe Beaver show <laughs> and on Mike's radio calls. Quote, and <laughs> and for the third time yeah. in the modern era, the bleeping Beavers yeah, have right. won the bleeping championship. Adjective deleted national championship. That that would actually the, be the, funny. There's because actually of been the a craziness. Bit. I've heard of a bit somebody ran years ago about <laughs> you know. I think there's even been a movie or a character in a movie. Buker's got a little of that in Major League, kind of. Yeah, yeah, but. <laughs> they, 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 somebody did a bit with the the play by play announcer. We'd all like to hear, you yeah. know, where <laughs> where after a bad play, he's just he launches into a tirade filled with all manner of epithets. Yeah, Euchre, you're right. He had a couple of things in Major League. Ah, uh, he says, no. ah, nobody cares. Right. Nobody's listening yeah. anyway. Yeah, <laughs> you can't say that on the air. You can't. You know, we need George Carlin and all the maybe run that as a refresher course for the teams in the Sweet Sixteen. Uh, Dave writes in to say, uh, I'm 0-3 in your radio show bracket. I chose differently in my ESPN bracket, which is the one that Beaver football uses. And I'm tied for number one. Good oh. for you. 
He says about the foul language, it only happens because it's conditioned in other aspects on that team. During practice, the game, team meetings and prep, uh, et cetera, coaches need to rein it in or that's what you get. Oh, absolutely. There's some truth in that. Yeah. There's some truth in that. You you do sort of get what you hear. You you talk the way you talk because of, you know, what, what you're around, how you hear. I, it's kind of surprising coming out of Gonzaga a little bit, just the, the casual nature of it. Mm-hmm. And once again, this isn't what I want to know. We're spending maybe too much time on it. Yeah, I get that. If you want to talk about the tournament proper, the moments, the games, yeah. the teams you're excited about, the storylines that captured your attention, who you're pulling for now because of, oh, wow, I'd never seen them, never heard of them, and now I'm all in. You know, that well, type of I'm thing. I'm all in on UCLA for $338,000. How about that? Times six. That's that's a nice bit of information to know mm-hmm. that when Wayne and the Beavs went to the Elite Eight, the Pac-12 is very thankful for that's that. That's right. That's why you I mean, get well, I I would joke and say that's why he's getting all these these congratulatory messages from the other coaches. <laughs> yeah. No, they're it's hel- because he's they're all the friends. Crowd. I get it. But it's money it. into the conference for yeah. each game you play in. So the yeah. Beavers three thirty eight times four, whatever yeah. the number was exactly. And you, a couple USC of years ago. gave us some money this this year, yeah. even though they lost. And and how about the Furmans of the world? If they get that kind of money, that's their whole conference budget practice. That's amazing. Yeah. So Pretty any thoughts stuff. on any of this? 497, the game's proper uh, storylines did is once again, March Mayhem, March Madness, all of that, <laughs> captured your fancy like no other event does. And it lives somehow every year, some way, it finds a way, it seems, John. It's the, the beautiful thing about, about the game yeah. is that every year the tournament delivers in oh, the yeah. sense of surprises, upsets, beautiful, beautiful moments. It is a it's, grand it event. It is, and there's no doubt Thursday and Friday, the first Thursday and Friday mm-hmm. of the tournament are the best. In sports. Ap- in sports. That's what a lot yeah. of people say. Yeah, and I love college football more mm-hmm. than anything. This one supersedes it because of the two days. And the teams that come out of nowhere to win, the, the teams that are, yeah. they really, it's great television. And so, therefore, these are the things we should be talking about, not whether somebody let a, a bad word slip. Well, or uh, is that for you anything to be concerned at all about? Like, eh, you know, and no, I'm not concerned. Rather, they not. Or are any of you out there saying, no, it, it is a big deal, and they need to clean it up. <laughs> this is what I'm trying to engage in the spectrum of your reaction to several live interviews on television after games where the word was... How do they? Delivered. I've missed it. So, what do they do if you're watching? Do you hear it? Well, it, see, I didn't hear any of them. I've heard Rome's bleeped versions of them. Oh. So, I don't know. With te- television, does have a and what does it delayed look like? mechanism? Yeah, you know, that's does. radio they do. with a dump they button. Do. Can television they d- do. dump it? Yeah, they can. But okay. I don't know. How, I don't know if they I don't know what it looks do. like, or if they just dump the audio. Yeah, I don't either. Because I've never known when it was happening. Open phones, let's take a break. Uh, well, we'd love to get, and you we have do, another? We have others. We have okay. a lot more, but I'll just throw this one okay. in. Uh, cursing is immature, but entertaining. Yeah, yeah that's, yeah. that's kind of, that's true. And then a note, I, I heard this this morning. I forgot to report on it, and I forgot about it, but Brandon Cooks to Dallas. Brandon Cooks is yeah, going to Dallas. I like the sound of it. Uh, good for him. Yeah. Good for him. He's had be- an interesting career, and mm-hmm. I'd like to see him kind of come back that's a good place for to be in. To he'll get a lot of attention there, and, and he was a lot tra- of balls he just there. was. He didn't sign with him. He was traded, and he got the, <laughs> right. you know a player out of the deal, which means his value is still pretty high. Mm-hmm. And and he's been in the league for a while now, so I I hope 
you know, this may be that last yes. run of yeah. quality uh, times for, for quality minutes for Brandon Cooks. Let's break 497-5356, the Downward Dog phone line, University Honda text line, 497-5356. Thanks for joining us on 1240 Joe Radio. Summer, with all of its events and parties, is on the way. Call Forks and Corks today and make your reservation. Large or small, Forks and Corks Catering will make your event spectacular. From sit-down dinners to buffets or delicious bites, they'll work with you to choose a menu based on taste and budget. Forks and Corks will ensure an enjoyable experience for you and your guests. A spectacular symphony of sensory delight. View their menu and list of venues online. Forks and Corks Catering, events designed to delight. Catering to the Willamette Valley since 2011. Hi, everybody. This is Mike Parker. We recently had the need to replace some major appliances, and I'm delighted to report that we called Brandon and his team at Kellenberger Appliance in Lebanon. We couldn't be happier with our experience. They answered all of our questions, put us in the best deal, and promptly delivered and installed a new washer and dryer. When you are in need of an appliance, I strongly encourage you to call Kellenberger Appliance. Visit Kellenbergers.com or stop by Kellenberger Appliance at 21 North Main Street in Lebanon. A big thank you from the Parkers to Kellenberger Appliance. The Frame House is changing management. After a million years, Al says it feels like a million, he's stepping back. He'll still be on site, still working, but Steve, with his 44 years of experience, will be gradually taking over. Most of you won't even notice a difference, other than Steve might be at the counter more often. They'll still help you find the perfect mat and frame to complement your pictures and decor. And you'll still find a great selection of ready-made frames, prints, and art supplies. The Frame House, on West First in historic downtown Albany. What happens when you're voted the best new car dealership and the best used car dealership in the Mid-Willamette Valley? Do you gloat about it? Or do you just simply say the complete redesigned CRV, HRV, Civic, Pilot, and Accords are now at Power Honda in Albany off of Saniam Highway for you to take a test drive? I think you do both. And for more information, go to mypowerhonda.com. That's mypowerhonda.com. Leading off this inning for your tax and wealth management team is David Mendenhall. Batting second, Bill Heck. And batting third, Robert Berry. It's always important to have a talented lineup. The same is true if you need some advice on personal or business tax planning or just some help with financial strategy. With over 40 years in business, Tax and Wealth Management has the experience you need to hit that home run. Call or stop by Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, your hometown tax team, and start your journey on the road to success. The Unified Insurance Group is your local independent insurance agency in Corvallis. They represent numerous insurance companies, including Safeco Insurance. If you're looking for auto, home, or business insurance, see Mike Eves, Taylor Starr, or Tom Worth. They'll help you find an insurance plan that works best for you. Call 541-757-1315 or stop by at 320 Southwest 3rd Street in downtown Corvallis. The Unified Insurance Group, your hometown team, always putting you first. We continue on the Joe Beaver Show. Mike Parker with John Warren. Thank you for joining us. Any thoughts about the Beaver baseball weekend, OSU softball, gymnastics, Jade Carey again, uh, wrestling, anything you want to touch on? It's the Joe Beaver Show, so we're kind of outside of it a little bit with talk of the NCAA tournament and the use of profanity in post-game interviews. Charles Barkley and his rant about 
all these shows, and it's the only <laughs> the morning only industry, TV yeah, morning TV shows. Said, so, well, he says, well, we just get opinions from anybody. The only industry, and we listen. <laughs> Any anything <laughs> plumbers under the bus. Yeah, plumbers a little bit. Surgeons, <laughs> not so much. He said, we don't have <laughs> surgeons. What do you think of the doctor's uh, surgical performance over the weekend? Anyway, whatever your thoughts, four nine seven fifty three fifty six. We are pleased to welcome Brett to the Joe Beaver Show. Yes. Good afternoon, Brett. Thank Hi. you for the call. Yes, you're welcome, Mike. Uh, I've been listening, and uh, yes, I, I heard a little bit about the commentary uh, about uh, the comparison while uh, the game is uh, the pregame show, I guess, with Charles Barkley. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I listened to a little bit to uh, other pregames, and yeah, sometimes... Uh, when, you know, when we're talking about, uh, uh, you know, expressions and uh, sport metaphors, and then you actually uh, hear about it on the radio, for instance, and you, you know, get a little description from you or John or, or Doug, then, uh, you know, you sort of get a better idea as the game is uh, being played or coached. So we appreciate you saying that. Do you have an example or anything that that occurs to you in sharing that today, Brett, that, you know, we appreciate it. sounds like you're saying there's a role to be played in all of these sports talk shows. Well, I was just thinking about locally here with the Beaver Nation and baseball, for instance, I was listening to you call with the, uh, the baseball team. And uh, so, you know, I I hear some of the adjectives and the uh, describing the pitcher on the mound, Mm -hmm. for instance, and uh, so it's kind of interesting uh, once you begin to understand a little bit about the innings and how mm. there's only nine innings and uh, the possibility of getting rained out here recently here in Corvallis due to the long winters that we have here, which makes an impact on the field. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Well, I can, that, can, uh, that can impact people's uh, psychology in mm-hmm. relation to their physical performance. Uh, the rain can. Oftentimes they'll delay the game, and then uh, there's no game completion. That's then, true. You know, it doesn't, doesn't get recorded as a, a loss or a win. It just gets goes into the unknown column, like algebra. Well, that's true, too, yeah. and, and that's in the movie Bull Durham, that some days you win, some days you lose. Sometimes you get rained out, as Nuke Lelouch says, played by Tim Robbins in Bull Durham, when he's do- going through his cliché interviews at the end. Well, I saw Bull Durham, and I remember Kevin Costner was dating uh, <clears throat> Susan Sarandon at the time. Well, in the film, he certainly does at the end. Were That's true. Spoiler alert. I don't think in real life. No, no, no. Oh. But, hey, Brett, uh, anything else? We appreciate the call. Hope to hear from you. Anything else on your mind? Well, the gymnastics. I was just thinking about uh, the gymnastics at uh, Oregon State University and how the uh, dismount uh is oftentimes looked at as the possibility of maintaining balance due to the gravity that is a part of the one of the factors involved uh, in a dismount, for instance. Yes. It, yes, um, which I can't speak to because I know nothing about how to score or, or the physics of gymnastics. I don't know how they do what they do. Hey, Brett, we just got a call or a text from Dan Belwamini, the longtime television basketball analyst who's going to join us here in a minute. We need to take a break. Thank you for the call, Thanks, sir. Uh, we will call uh, Dan and get his thoughts on the Sweet 16. And I'm not talking about his breakdown of the version of 
Ringo Starr song compared to Al Jolson's Sweet 16, but his thoughts about the teams that have advanced on to the Sweet 16. As I've never loved before, when first I met you on the Village Green, a nice little tune from the great Jolie, Sweet 16. Never heard of it. I know, no one has, but I, I can hear it in my ear even now, and so can Tumwater and Harold. That's it. <laughs> How do you pick That's Harold? It. Harold out of Sandy. I Harold think knows Sandy knows Jolson's that song. Sweet 16. We're going to come and back. And why does Dave know everything that you know? And why doesn't anybody else know these songs? <laughs> because you don't. You because put Brooks Hatch in Brooks there. Hatch has never seen the Jolson story, and I saw it a hundred <laughs> times as a kid. Back after this on twelve forty Joe Radio. The Unified Insurance Group is your local independent insurance agency in Corvallis. They represent numerous insurance companies, including Safeco Insurance. If you're looking for auto, home, or business insurance, see Mike Eves, Taylor Starr, or Tom Worth. They'll help you find an insurance plan that works best for you. Call 541-757-1315 or stop by at 320 Southwest 3rd Street in downtown Corvallis. The Unified Insurance Group, your hometown team, always putting you first. The Peacock Bar and Grill is making eating out affordable with a 650 specials from 11 till 9 every day of the week. On Monday, it's a small sirloin steak dinner. Tuesday, any pub-sized burger on the menu. Wednesday, it's beef stroganoff. Thursday, it's spaghetti and meatballs. Friday is a French dip. Saturday, pulled pork sliders. And Sunday, it's penne mac and cheese. You can always call ahead and get it to go or have it delivered. The Peacock Bar and Grill, a local favorite since 1929 on 2nd Street, downtown Corvallis. At Albin's Plumbing, we're boring. Hi, I'm Katie Albin, and I want everyone to know that at Albin's Plumbing, we're boring. Directional boring, to be exact. So if you need to run a pipe underground, under a driveway, or under a sidewalk, and you don't want to destroy your yard in the process, the boring people at Albin's Plumbing can help you with your directional boring. Just give us a call. At Albin's Plumbing, plumbing's all we do. Call 754-8282. Albin's Plumbing. We set them up. Street Corvallis. Stargazer Premier Florist in Corvallis knows that a meaningful gift can brighten someone's day and have them feel appreciated, whatever the occasion is. Choose from Stargazer Premier Florist's wide selection of fresh floral arrangements, bountiful bouquets, gift baskets, and houseplants, always delivered fresh with a focus on keeping families and friends connected. Stop in, call, or view Stargazer's Premier Selection online at StargazerPremierFlorist.com. Stargazer Premier Florist, 925 Northwest Circle Boulevard in Corvallis. Summer, with all of its events and parties, is on the way. Call Forks and Corks today and make your reservation. Large or small, Forks and Corks Catering will make your event spectacular. From sit-down dinners to buffets or delicious bites, they'll work with you to choose a menu based on taste and budget. Forks and Corks will ensure an enjoyable experience for you and your guests. A spectacular symphony of sensory delight. View their menu and list of venues online. Forks and Corks Catering, events designed to delight. Catering to the Willamette Valley since 2011. We continue on the Joe Beaver Show. Mike Parker with John Warren. 
we had a lot of time after our baseball series at Stanford. We've talked some about that here today. The Beavers losing all three, all very competitive games. Our next guest follows enough of life, and I know it's all basketball now, but I know he knows the Oregon State baseball brand, three national championships. A little bit of a transition year, but still a young team that I think is going to win a lot of games. They've got Cal coming in this weekend. But we kind of move off of that here on the Joe Beaver Show to visit with an outstanding analyst who joins us whenever he comes to uh, Corvallis. We always appreciate his accessibility. Dan Belwamini, former outstanding coach, longtime analyst, and I saw him last night while in the San Jose airport. Couldn't hear him, but I said, oh, my gosh, there's Coach Belwamini on television. I think it was KPIX-TV doing an NCAA tournament after the fact show. Coach Belwamini, you said you've been doing that for a long time. I want to get the particulars right. Was that KPIX? Who were you working with, and how long have you been yeah. doing a show like that? Yeah, so first of all, good good to hear you. Good to be with you. Uh, yeah, no, I've been I've been doing that. It's it's uh it, it is Channel Five, uh, KPIX, San Francisco, okay. and, and we follow all the uh, the last uh, CBS game of the night, and then we do a recap and go through it. And I work with Fern Glenn, um, who does a great job also, and I've been doing it for a long time, probably <laughs> at least twenty five years. Nice. We do it every year after the tournament. So yeah. you, it's so, a it's a thing you know well, and you're in your wheelhouse in moments like that, breaking down the games. I wish I could have heard you. I was only seeing you, but you, I can just tell by watching you, Dan, your love for the game, your enthusiasm is evident. That the tournament itself, John and I were just saying, it's the, it is the Thursday and Friday, the best two days in sports in uh, in America, it, perhaps, right? Yeah, no, it really is. Um, you know, it's exciting. Uh, and, uh, you know, with so many games going on at one time, it's, it's, it's difficult to flip channels between three or four different ones and catch, you know, every second of every game. It's impossible. But uh, the beauty of the tournament uh, is exactly what Princeton has done, uh, you know, coming out of nowhere. Nobody, nobody thought they were very good. Uh, and, and here they, you know, they take down Missouri. And, and we know about Princeton. They're a tremendous shooting team. Uh, and they're right in their wheelhouse. Talk about wheelhouses. And you let Princeton bring the ball up, set up. They've got shooters, and they've got guys that can they can really adapt to the game. So, but that's you know that's what the tournament is all about. Uh, now, having said that, I kind of said Mike at the start of this tournament. I I thought more than any other year, parity has 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 really uh, come to fruition in college basketball with uh, all the transfers. And everything going on, I thought the tournament was, you know, wide open. Uh, it, it's not going to shock me, uh, really, if any of the top, you know, 11, 12 teams win it. There, anybody can win it there. And uh, now I, I don't know if Florida Atlantic can win. I don't know if Princeton can win it. But uh, certainly, you know, you look at the others, and it's not going to surprise me if, like, a Creighton goes all the way to the Final Four. Mm. So it, it, it's that kind of a tournament. Um, you know, I. I just wanted to make a comment about about the transfers and and all that going on. That you look at Kansas State, and Kansas State, um, you know, got a great win against Kentucky. Now they played really well in the last five minutes, and they have a guard by the name of Marquise Noel, and and he had 27 points. He's like 5'11". He's from the Bronx, and last year a new coach came in, and 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 he came in. He was assistant at Baylor, and 
and they were picked last in the Big 12 this year. And they only had two players returning from last year's team. Noel was one of the players. And, and here they are in the, in the Sweet 16 because, you know, they did a great job of getting transfers and rebuilding their team. So, you know, anything can happen. <laughs> and and that's, that's kind of the life we're in now. Uh, so uh, it's really important that you may be down one year, but you can certainly come back in a hurry. Yeah, Dan, this is John. I, I, I want to say good or bad, yeah, but I, that might be something for another show. Uh, this good I or know, bad. Yeah. I know, John. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, but before you brought it up, it was going to be my question about we're seeing, obviously, I mean, we, we went forever without a 16 versus one, and then one happened a couple of years ago, and now it's like you say, it's happening, and I was going to ask you, is that because of the whole transfer thing? But Part of me when I'm watching last week, Dan, I, I didn't want to believe that. I just wanted to think, no, no, these teams are pretty solid, but I didn't know the information about Kansas State being picked last and having only two guys returning, and I think it is. I think it can. Now, that's good for teams that can say, hey, we can turn this thing around instantly. I suppose that would be the silver lining, correct? Yeah, that, that is the silver lining. Um, uh, players, I mean, if you if you look at the transfer portal, uh, there's more than a thousand players in there. It seems like, you know, every year, uh, you know, you'll have an opportunity to go in and, and, and kind of reshape your team and get the players that you want in the program because everybody seems to be open, open to transferring. And it, it can happen. Uh, so my point is parity. Another point I wanted to make, John, is that parity – has now happened in college basketball. I think as we go on in, in future years, I think the great, great talented players that let's say they're juniors or seniors in high school, and they could be juniors. I mean, they could sign professional contracts and play in different leagues and, and never, you know, never, never get to a, a four-year school because they're going to go pro right away. So what does that do? That, that kind of evens the playing field. If, if the truly great ones are, are not even coming into college, uh, I think what you're going to find is that uh, look at Kentucky this year. Kentucky always plays with, you know, a bundle. Every year, Calipari has five freshmen that are fantastic, and they got a freshman team, and 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 that's it. Well, this year he had three seniors. Now they didn't win, uh, in my view, because they didn't have their point guard. Had had they had their point guard, they might have won. He he hadn't played in the last eleven games, but uh, so so that didn't happen, and. You know that that's kind of that's kind of the way it's rolling right now. It's the way it's happening. That uh, you know you have to find a way uh, to get to get things done and and to be effective. So it, it's everything has changed, and you just have to adapt. And but the eleven the, the the field has evened out. And if you have juniors and seniors in your program, it is a massive advantage if they've been there for a couple of years. You look at St. Mary's. Why does St. Mary's always, you know, Randy Bennett does a great job. He's always successful. Well, he has a lot, you know, he gets, he has an Australian connection. He has a lot of guys from Australia. He's done it for years. They never transfer. So they're <laughs> in the program for four years. Right. Now you get Dukas and Saxon. Those, those guys are in the program. Now he gets an occasional transfer. I mean, then, mm-hmm. you know, I have to say he doesn't do it once in a while. Logan Johnson was a guy that went to Cincinnati and then he, he, he came to St. Mary's. But when you get guys in the program, um, uh, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but it, it makes a big difference. Dan Belwamini, kind enough to join us today after a busy weekend analyzing in the San Francisco market the outstanding tournament. You mentioned Princeton and their style. 30 seconds coach in this era. They, 
What about in a copycat world, can more teams, should more teams, in your view, do what they do? Well, I, I think there are a lot of teams that semi-do what they do. And what I mean by that is that, yeah, I mean, you look at San Diego State, for an example. San Diego State's the type of team that is very dangerous. They, they, now, they, they got into the transfer market before it was really popular. Um, but San Diego State, you know, they, they got Pat Bradley. They got Trammell. They've got uh, Lamont Butler. Uh, they got three guys who can score. But uh, Brian Dutcher plays that style, sort of. You know, it's play defense, kind of spread it out. Now, it's not Princeton, mm-hmm. but it, when I look at it, it's, it's close. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. Randy Bennett does the same thing. It's close. You know, they want to play the game in the, in the you know, in the 60s, low 60s. They like to beat you 65, 58, and, yeah. and that, that's how they play. Now, you know, Princeton just, just has a kind of a knack of uh, a lot of guys that can really shoot the ball. You know, the, mm-hmm. the three-point shot is a massive, massive weapon. And when you have some size, and which they do, and a little athleticism, which they do, and shooting, you've got a great combination even though they may not have the super heralded player, they've got people that have been around for a long time. And obviously they're a very, very smart team. They don't beat themselves. Uh, and you can go a long way in this kind of a tournament. Now you play Princeton a number of times, maybe in your league, you play them a couple times or you see him, you know, maybe you can, it, it can be a little bit different on home and home, but on a big stage uh, like this, uh, you know, anything is possible. Uh, they surprised me by winning a couple of games. I didn't think they would, right. Right. Uh, but I thought Missouri was a good matchup for them. I, I don't think it was a it was a great Missouri team. I thought they were fine, but to me, they were not super athletic. And uh, uh, and you know, Princeton didn't have really much of much of an issue with them. As well, we should. We're talking about winners and, and people that have won games in advance of the Sweet Sixteen. But I'm hearing a lot today, Coach, and I didn't get because of my own baseball work and so on, didn't get to follow the games closely, but I'm hearing on talk radio and on shows a lot of criticism of Tony Bennett and Matt Painter today. And I think they're both great <laughs> coaches, but you know that world. So what do you make of what you're yeah. hearing about those those yeah. their history? Well, well look, um, talk about Matt talk about Painter. You know, come on. Um <laughs> In the last five years, I think he's the most success, successful one and loss in the Big Ten Conference. You know, they won a, they won a lot of games. Um, you know, they got to the point, and, and this was really the problem um, when they played Fairleigh Dickinson, that uh, Zach Eady, their big man, got off to a great start. You know, he was playing well. Uh, he had a lot of points. And all of a sudden, he got one shot, one shot, Mike, in the last 12 minutes, one. Uh, seven four, uh, and and I thought I thought you know uh, fairly fairly dick. They got gun shy in my view. They just didn't want to shoot the ball from the outside because they weren't shooting it very well, and they got right into that real slow slow tempo where. You know, you keep the game close, and if, if you're coaching fairly fairly Dickinson, you're saying, look. If we can keep it close and get the last seven, eight minutes, you know, as you know, in, in basketball, anything can happen in the last seven, eight minutes if, if the game is close. You know, maybe fouls have something to do with it. Who knows? But um, you get that criticism. And, yeah, you know, Virginia, uh, Tony Bennett was one of – now he's 
that's Purdue and Virginia that both lost to, to 16 seeds. But when Virginia did it, they came back and won the NCAA championship the, the year after. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't think yeah, I don't think either one of those institutions want want to trade coaches in terms of <laughs> trying to bring anybody else. Those guys, those guys have been as successful as anybody could possibly be. You know, it's funny. It's funny, Dan. With all the upsets that we had, there were four major ones on Thursday alone. Uh, I don't know why, but just being from the Pac-12, and and I was just disappointed, like a parent's disappointed. <laughs> I said out loud, "Come on!" To when Arizona. when Arizona <laughs> lost, I just thought, "Oh yeah, you're better yeah. than that." You know what I mean? Right. No, they're better than that, and and uh, that I think to me that you know, I mean, the Purdue loss was you know that. That's a big, they're calling that maybe one of the, one of the biggest upsets in the history of the tournament. Um, but when Arizona lost, I mean that that really set me back. I I didn't think Arizona. Um, I thought Arizona could really move on and, and get deep in the tournament. But as I said all along, I've watched Arizona a number of times. Certainly, Balo and Cabellas are really good. I mean, there's no question. You know, there's they're a force inside. But as their guards go, so does Arizona. You know, if they get really good guard play, then Arizona is tough to beat. But if they don't and their guards are a little shaky and they can't shoot it outside, um, you know, they don't have a, a, a Matherman like they had last last year that could just go out there and, you know, run all over the court and get, get them 20 at any time because of his, of his athleticism. They, they don't have that this year. And um, – I, I thought Arizona was good, but I didn't think that they were a team. They were not as good as they were last year. But let's just put it that way. Uh, still, it, it's a shock. They yeah. beat early. There's no question about uh, it. Hey, Dan, uh, final thing, and really appreciate your time sure. again, as John said, on short notice. And that is the UCLA-Gonzaga matchup. Now, mm-hmm. I feel like something out here in the West and San Diego State, too. But it's that's a compelling matchup. How do you see how do you see that matchup? And then just the job that Mick Cronin's done and the, all through the decades that Mark Few has done. Well, Mark Few, it speaks for itself what he's done over the last 20 some years. You know, he's a hall of fame, but hall of fame. so they're both hall of fame coaches. You know, and Mark is, is one of the winning, he, he, maybe the winningest coach in college. He's not the winningest coach. He's, he's right, right near the top. And, and, uh, and Gonzaga did a great job of Timmy getting in the ball and, and Strother making shots. They they came back to win that game. It was, that was in doubt. Uh, you know, I I, I kind of thought that, that TCU had them on the on the ropes a little bit. But Zach found a way to, to come back and win. UCLA and Mick Cronin. You know, he wasn't the first choice. He wasn't the second choice. Possibly, maybe not even the third or fourth. But he was the right choice. He did a tremendous job at Cincinnati. He's a defensive minded coach, and UCLA really plays solid basketball. And when you have Jaime Hawkes and you've got Tiger Campbell and the big, the big key was uh, Adam Bona. When they have Bona, who's a shot blocking 6'10 freshman who can make things happen, UCLA is very dangerous. Uh, they lost, they lost Jalen Clark, um, who, who was the Pac-12 defensive player of the year. But now it gives Amari Bailey, their outstanding freshman at about 6'4 5, gives him more playing time. And now he's not the defensive player of Clark, but he's a better offensive player. So X factor to me is a guy like Bailey. Can he, you know, give them plus scoring besides two guys like Tiger Campbell and, and Hockett? I think UCLA, 
I had UCLA moving on uh, in that game, but I think it's going to be a tremendous game. I mean, two outstanding programs. Yeah. And, uh, so I, I, I hate to pick them in that one. I, I really like both of them, but I, I, I kind of think UCLA's on a roll. Yeah, just what a great job Mick has done. And to see, when I ask you about Princeton, I also wonder, Dan, and kind of your coaching, through your coaching lens, how does Mick as a coach get them? I mean, what is it about the way they defend, how, how that type of defense is instilled in an era when maybe there's less emphasis generally in travel ball and all of those things to get down, down and dirty and play great defense like UCLA well, does? Well, Mike, I, I think I think Nick is is old fashioned, hard line, in your face kind of coach. I mean, I think he he puts the love to his players, but uh, I think he's he had. I'm just I don't know this for a fact. I'm just looking from the outside in. Um, but Nick, to me, kind of puts his arm around guys when when practice is over, saying, "Hey, it's nothing personal. Mm-hmm. I just want us to succeed." But he demands that you play defense without fouling, which is really tough, really hard. So if you look at UCLA many times, you know, there's five minutes of going a half, and the other team's not even in the bonus. It's like five teams off. Well, that means you're doing something right. Uh, so I just kind of think that's his style. That's the way he did it at Cincinnati. You know, he, his dad was a coach. I mean, he, he'd been around the game a long time. And, and then his philosophy offensively is the feature – his best players. And if you notice at the end of the game in crunch time, it's going to be Tiger Campbell and Hawkins. Those two guys are going to make things happen. And then everybody else will feed off of those two players. So I, I just think he's an outstanding coach. It was a great, great pick by UCLA to get him in there. And uh, I think they have a chance to win the national championship. I really do. I think UCLA is one of those teams uh, that, that can do it. Um, now, whether they will or not, who knows? I think Alabama's the most talented team, along with Houston. But, uh, you know, we'll see how it all plays out. Right, and we will. And last thing, Dan, we'll let you go on this. Who do you think will cut down the nets in Houston? <laughs> well, I, I have picked Alabama, uh, you know, before the, before the tournament started. And most of my, most of my teams are in. It, 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 I, Michigan State I did not pick. You know, and mm-hmm. it's a t- typical Tom Izzo, <laughs> the year you don't pick them, you know, who knows? They may end up in the final four. But I, I picked uh, I picked Alabama to beat UCLA in the, in the final game. That that was my my two. I think you know Brandon Miller's the best freshman in the country at Alabama. Um, they're going they're going to be tough to beat. They're beatable. San Diego State can get them, but they're going to have to play a perfect game. So that that's how I see it. Who okay. knows? You know, if you you just, you, uh, you can throw darts at this. Yes, point, you yes. Know? You, you got the pick. You would be leading the KEJO bracket challenge. So <laughs> <laughs> Dan, it is so kind of you to to answer yes to a to a last minute call and take time for sure. us. We always appreciate it, Coach, and hope to see you okay. down the road back always, here again. Always love Corvallis. You know how I love Corvallis. Yeah. I used to go up there all the time to do all those games and all that. And Corvallis is a, is a special place because I probably did. 30 games there in, mm-hmm. in Corvallis. So it, it's a fun place to go. Hopefully I'll be back. Hopefully. We, we hope so, Coach. Thanks for joining us. Dan Belwamini, our guest. Let's take a final break. And he means it, too. I mean, every time he comes on, he talks about the days, the great days of Slats and Paul and Ralph and uh, has done a lot of uh, games through the years here and, and does love Corvallis and always speaks highly of his time at Gill. 
We will take a break. Wrap it up next. 1240 Joe Radio. Ensure your vehicle is ready for any road conditions at Beggs Tire and Wheel in Albany. The Beggs Philomath store has closed, but the Albany Beggs Tire and Wheel location is open to serve all of their valued Philomath area customers and the rest of the Mid-Valley. Beggs in Albany looks forward to serving you and keeping you safe on the road. Get your tires, wheels, tire services, and repairs at Beggs Tire and Wheel, the Valley's premier source for Cooper, Falcon, BF Goodrich, and Toyo brand tires on Pacific Boulevard in Albany and online at BeggsTire.com. Complete your 2023 home project with Mike's Corvallis Bargain Center, now with new cedar decking in stock, as well as Blue Pine TG, Shiplap Pine, and S4S Dimensional Pine. Mike's Corvallis Bargain Center also has interior and exterior plywood, as well as domestic, exotic, and live-edge hardwood currently in stock. Complete your next interior or exterior project with help from Mike's Corvallis Bargain Center, conveniently located off of Highway 34 on Texas Street between Albany and Corvallis. Come taste the incredible flavors of India at Evergreen Indian Restaurant. Enjoy mouth-watering made-to-order Indian cuisine using traditional recipes and fresh spices featuring a variety of entrees and tandoori specials. Evergreen Indian Restaurant is open for dine-in and takeout 11.30 to 2.30 p.m. and from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. daily, except on Tuesdays. Evergreen Indian Restaurant on Southwest 3rd in downtown Corvallis and on West 7th in Eugene. See the menu and order online at evergreenindianrestaurant.com. Come taste the incredible flavors of India at Evergreen Indian Restaurant. Enjoy mouth-watering made-to-order Indian cuisine using traditional recipes and fresh spices featuring a variety of entrees and tandoori specials. Evergreen Indian Restaurant is open for dine-in and takeout 11.30 to 2.30 p.m. and from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. daily, except on Tuesdays. Evergreen Indian Restaurant on Southwest 3rd in downtown Corvallis and on West 7th in Eugene. See the menu and order online at evergreenindianrestaurant.com. Much, how prize, much time left? Prize blinks. Dwight would yell out, oh my gosh, Black Sunday. <laughs> I, I actually caught something at a Blazer game off a prize blimp. Did you really? Yeah. Off a prize blimp. The envelope uh, came down and, and right to me. Very good. I, I mean, you talk about never winning anything. I don't even remember what it was, but. Uh... <laughs> Dwight yelling out. <laughs> We're in the press box and this blimp did get a little bit out of control, a little too close. And Dwight is just, oh, Black Sunday, get out of the way. <laughs> And he said that, and I knew, and everybody immediately knows, oh, yeah, Black Sunday. And yet, how many people have you ever talked to that said, oh, I've seen it start to finish. I know all the characters and all the... I've, I've never seen You it. never have, and I finally did on Is this road trip. Al Pacino in that? No. Bruce Dern. Uh, Bruce Dern, uh, Martha Keller, Robert Shaw is excellent in it. Robert Shaw from Jaws? Robert Shaw from Jaws, like a year after Jaws thereabouts. Oh, it's that old. It's not. It, it, it's a little disappointing given the talent involved in John Frankenheimer, a great director. Frankenheimer gave us the Manchurian candidate for which he's, he, he need do nothing else in the history of his life. And he's a made man. He's a great man. The Manchurian candidate, John Frankenheimer. The train, he may have done Birdman of Alcatraz too. I don't know. But I, I know Frankenheimer directed Black Sunday. But I watched it for the first time. I'd seen little scenes of it, yeah. but I watched it for the first time from start to finish after one of the baseball games this past weekend. And it was, it? it was okay, mm -hmm. but not great. All right. In my view, okay. But the best part of it 
was the way Frankenheimer chose to film it. It's a true Super Bowl game going on uh-huh. between the Cats. I think Super Bowl ten, the Cowboys and the Steelers, and Frankenheimer has shots. He to get away with it put NFL logos on his movie cameras. So he, I read about it. Really? And so he he's walking that? around the field taking shots of Tom Landry and on the sideline and Chuck Noll, Franco Harris, teams coming off the bus. The people that Frankenheimer, his camera people, had NFL logos on their cameras, so they had carte blanche oh to go gosh. around. And So that's the most interesting part of Black Sunday. I wonder what are kind these of shots, these real was. shots. I wonder what happened after they figured that out. I don't. They go into I the mean, booth with Tom Brookshire and Pat Summerall. Oh and my! You have God. Summerall and Brookshire, very young and suave looking, doing the game, and and I can't and believe shots they that Frankenheimer their took. way in for a major motion picture. I know. I don't think you could do it in. now, but they did it in Super. But they shot Super Bowl ten, and this blimp that was going to crash into and that's amazing. Eighty thousand people were in peril, and Bruce Dern plays a. Bruce Dern d- does mad, kind of psychotic, better than almost any yeah, actor. He, he, he really is good at that, and he's good in it. Somehow, the whole thing together left me a little, eh. <laughs> well, 70s, and it should have been better. 70s football movies were never good. And, it's, and this isn't, there's not a lot of football in Black Sunday. In fact, my favorite part is when Robert Shaw, and when they're trying to figure out what's going on with this, I think, Black September, Munich 72. I, anyway. Shaw sits down and says, and he's, he plays an Israeli in it, and he sits down and he says, what is this thing you call the Super Bowl? <laughs> Tell me, as he, as he comes to realize that th- that could be the site of a, of a possible incident, this Super Bowl thing, and they show Robert Shaw walking around the field and trying to figure out where... Wow problems could come from and really didn't guess the blimp until pretty late. It's good. It's good. It's interesting. All right. Okay. But it, it somehow left me not quite as good as it should have been, if that makes any sense. No, no. Okay. I, uh, speaking of the Manchurian yeah. candidate, we just saw fat something and little boy, fat man and little boy. Yeah. You are preparing yourself for Oppenheimer, yeah, right? That was a very good movie. It is well done. It, I, I'm looking forward to Oppenheimer directed by Christopher Nolan, which will be released this summer, I believe which I think will be better than Fat Man and Little Boy. Well, but yeah. Paul Newman's More good modern. in it. Newman is good. The guy that plays Oppenheimer is yeah, good. Yeah, he's very good. John Cusack, I think, is in yeah, it. Yeah, He's good. I mean, I like Laura Dern. I like the film, Fat Man and Little Boy. It's interesting historically. Yeah. But it, too, felt like it wasn't quite as good as it should have been. And I'm hoping Oppenheimer, with the great uh, Christopher Nolan as a director, will deliver. I loved having Coach Belwamini on UCLA Gonzaga. That's an interesting that game. That's a good. That's, that's, a, that's a hard one to me, pick. That's Thursday. We'll. I'll get to week. All things go well. You'll be able to watch it, and I'll yep, be able to. Watch that's right. It. You yeah. had a lot of things on your plate this weekend, trying to fix problems oh, with yeah. another station within the Nightmare. building. So you didn't get to watch as much. I was involved with a lot of other things. I didn't get to see as much. But this is a, an interesting Sweet Sixteen. The Blue Bloods, Kansas, North Carolina, Kentucky, Duke. None of them there. No, and some people no. say that hurts the tournament. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know why they would say that. I mean, don't doesn't everybody want to see? Well, Princeton do some well? people say no. You say you want to see upsets, but you really don't. Well, uh, I don't know. I don't That's what so. I hear a lot on talk radio these days. I want. I love, want, this, I'd love want a Duke final and four. Kentucky. I'd love a final four of a bunch of mid majors. Okay, 
So you're pulling for Florida Atlantic to win it all? No, because I want UCLA's $338,000. Okay. Hey, thanks, everybody. We'll do it again tomorrow on 1240 Joe Radio. KEJO Corvallis. And translator, K229DI Corvallis. The home of the Beavers. 1240 Joe Radio.